Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sauter. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. It's a pleasure to be with all of you tonight. We have a very big show. We have best-selling author, founder, and editor of theclashdaily.com and host of the podcast Warriors and Wild Men, Doug Giles, will be calling in. We're very excited to be talking to him. Uh, he's had over 500,000 downloads on his podcast. Um, he's doing very well right now. Best-selling author. His book is doing very well. It talks about uh, it's, uh, it's called Rules for Radical Christians. So we're excited to talk to him. We also have, um, we also have a Forbes contributor and best-selling author and crowdfunding expert, uh, Devin Thorpe, who will be calling in as well who we are uh, very excited to have on. Uh, I believe I have James on, James Charm on the line and uh, Gianni from New York. Gianni, Director yep. Gianni Rodriguez. Yeah, of course. Gianni, you there? Yeah. Director Gianni Rodriguez, Paris, everybody. And uh, James Sharma, everybody. Thanks for having me on, Rory. Of course, absolutely, 100%, guys. We've got a big show tonight. It's, uh, there's a lot to talk about. Um, obviously, the big headline today, Jerusalem, name the cap. Uh, Jerusalem, you know, put the U.S. Embassy uh, got moved to Jerusalem. It's, it's, it's been needed to be done for so long. Uh, it was long overdue. Uh, past presidents should have done this. Uh, if you look at the past three presidents, they said in their campaign promises that they were going to do it, and Obama, Clinton, Bush, and they never did. Trump did it in his first year. I mean, I mean we're, we're talking about unbelievably amazing things for – and the people of Israel, you know, are good people. These are, are authentic and genuine people, and, you know, with, with the way everything's orchestrated, Jerusalem absolutely deserves to be the capital. I mean, the, where the embassy should be. Um, and the fact that the Palestinians are, um, you know, fighting against this, there's over 30 dead now uh, because they were trying, trying to attack uh, Israelis and protest against what was going on today at the uh, opening the U.S. embassy in Jerusalem. So it was disgraceful. Um, I'm sure I know you guys heard about it. You guys were talking about it. James Gianni. Oh well, yeah, I, yeah, I heard about it. I saw. I didn't look into it too much, but I saw it because you know I've been busy all day. But uh, yeah, I saw an uh, article about it, and I was like, oh my gosh! Like I didn't know if it was real or not. Like I saw it on a regular, you know, yeah. like a personal uh, independent website. But yeah, like now right. that I know, now I know it's real. Yeah, that's that's very uh, bad, you know. But I believe in the middle of it, it's gonna be war. You know, it's gonna be war in order for you know, the peace to come through, you know, so, you know, Absolutely. they're going to do stuff like that, but we just, we, yeah, so we just have to keep pushing until, you know, like the Civil War, that had to happen for slavery to come through, cause, you know, for slavery to end, you know, so it's always going to be a pressure before the peace, you know. And you're, at, you're absolutely right. They're, they're always, you know, you have to deal with it. You have to end it somehow. What are you going to do? Just let them keep, you know, uh, you know, picking on you. I mean, there, there has to be a war at some point. It's not a pretty scene always, but, you know, it, it's sometimes very necessary. Right. You know, 
Uh, James, you, your, your comments? Uh, well, I just think this is campaign promises is to move the, the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, yep. which he yep. did. Uh, now yep. going forward, uh, you know, I, I think this is a complicated issue. I think it was, it was, it was bound to happen. Yeah. And uh, if you look at if you look at past offers by the Israeli government, I think maybe like twenty, thirty years ago, they offered ninety five percent of the West Bank to the Palestinians. Yeah. So it. And so my question would be, what what is what deal on what deal would the Palestinians accept? I mean, there's if you look at the two sides. They're, still, they're talking right past each other. There doesn't seem to be a middle ground. And as such, I, I would agree with you that a violent conflict is probably inevitable because of the two the two world views on the, uh, on opposing sides. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's. Mm-hmm. I want I want to play a clip real quick of uh, Netanyahu. Uh, you know, is very proud and. And Trump, uh, here's Trump's words on Israel today. Here we go. Uh, two five. Today we officially opened the United States Embassy in Jerusalem. Congratulations. It's been a long time coming. Almost immediately after declaring statehood in 1948, Israel designated the city of Jerusalem as its capital. The capital the Jewish people established in ancient times. So important. Today, Jerusalem is the seat of Israel's government. It is the home of the Israeli legislature and the Israeli Supreme Court and Israel's prime minister and president. Israel is a sovereign nation with the right, like every other sovereign nation, to determine its own capital. Yet, for many years, we failed to acknowledge the obvious, the plain reality that Israel's capital is Jerusalem. On December 6, 2017, at my direction, the United States finally and officially recognized Jerusalem as the true capital of Israel. Today, we follow through on this recognition and open our embassy in the historic and sacred land of Jerusalem. And we're opening it many, many years ahead of schedule. As I said in December, our greatest hope is for peace. The United States remains fully committed to facilitating a lasting peace agreement, and we continue to support the status quo at Jerusalem's holy sites, including at the Temple Mount, also known as Haram al-Sharif. This city and its entire nation is a testament to the unbreakable spirit of the Jewish people. The United States will always be a great friend of Israel and a partner in the cause of freedom and peace. We wish Ambassador Friedman good luck as he takes up his office in this beautiful Jerusalem embassy, and we extend a hand in friendship to Israel, the Palestinians, and to all of their neighbors. May there be peace. May God bless this embassy. May God bless all who serve there. And may God bless the United States of America. Thank you. I mean, this guy wow. is unbelievably amazing. I mean, and you look at, you, 
and he's a he's a miracle worker. This guy's a robot. I mean, this guy is he, he's he's God. Trump is God. He's un- oh I mean, God. This is, he's as profound as a human can get in life. I mean, this guy does stuff uh, like nobody can do. I mean, the guy sleeps five hours a night and he's back up, busting his ass for for us, we the people. And I mean, the stuff he's getting done. Uh, you know, like I said many times on my show, 70% of his agenda has been b- fulfilled in the first year. In the first year, 70%, think of that, 70% yeah. of his agenda has been fulfilled in the first year. I mean, that's unreal. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, it, in, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, everything and all that is good, but don't forget what Nikki Haley said to the UN when they voted against it being official. You know, all the countries, you know, that voted right. against it. We it, it, we will not forget that vote. We will not forget that vote. You know what I mean? So they put themselves in trouble now. You know, with voting against it. So I believe that we're going to have to focus on America first. And, of course, we're going to partner with Jerusalem and Israel and everything like that. But I believe that all those countries that voted no, we just have to put them in the past. We're not going to just be giving them money, giving them things, taking care of them, trying to help them when they didn't try to help us. They forsake us, so we forsake them. But we will continue to have that strong partnership with Israel. So, like you, like you said, I'm glad that all, all of his agenda is really – Wrapping up, you know, seven like that's that. I didn't even know that number. That's a outstanding, outstanding. I mean, it's just ridiculous how fast he's doing. It's like like he's like I know you like know he's God and I like I just don't understand. Like it's, it's like it took Donald Trump, a businessman from New York City, to actually do what he said he was going to do. He said that he was going to move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem, and he did that. And you had George Bush. You had Clinton, and you had Obama. You had all those nutcases say, we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And they never do it. Which is now, America is now going to see that Trump is a man of his word. He says what he means, and he means what he says. And he, they actually see that he's doing it, even not even with Israel and Jerusalem. I mean with unemployment and with uh, foreign policy. Yeah. You know, I really yeah. like what he's doing. So I think it's awesome. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, real, real quick, I know I know a lot of people want to come, and I want to welcome my special guest, um, Doug Giles. It's a pleasure to have you on, a found, best-selling author, founder, and editor of ClashDaily.com, and the host of the podcast Warriors and Wild Men, which has now over 500,000 downloads, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Doug? Rory, what's shaking, man? Hey, how are you? Kicking ass. How are you? Uh, doing well, and your book, your book that just came out, is called "Rules for Radical Christians." Correct? Yeah, that's what I that's that's what I hear, and it went to number one within twelve hours, and it's been out for going on three weeks, and we're still rattling around in uh, number two and number three, and the number one slot uh, is taken by somebody who's given their book away for free. We're not doing that. Okay, so tell, so wait, so you, I mean, you have quite the, you know, quite the background. You have quite the, um, the history. You know, you're a, you're a best-selling author. You know, the, the ClashDaily.com is a, 
a, good, a fair, a popular site. Uh, your podcast now has over five hundred thousand downloads. Very impressive. Not easy to get. Um, so tell us about yourself, man. Come on, uh, you know you got a story. You got a, you got a, a, a probably a very, uh, you know, profound and uh, you know, uh, adventurous, you know, story background. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a originally a redneck from uh, West Texas who uh, God knocked off uh, my Z28 when I was 21, and uh, oh wow, yeah, did a uh, did a significant uh, U-turn back in the day, and um, kind of kind of uh, plotted around in ministry for a few years, and then 9/11 hit and slapped me into reality, and uh, started writing on uh, townhall.com and of course that was uh, back then the nation's largest conservative news portal and um, we launched uh, a radio show in Miami where I lived for 20 years on a 100,000 watt uh, FM station and we quickly rose to number one there and yeah man things just spun out of control Uh, best selling books uh, Raising Righteous and Rowdy Girls and uh, my book Pussification The Effeminization of the American Male (laughs) it uh, it 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 burned uh, the charts up, and uh, my rules for radical Christians, uh, 10 biblical disciplines of influential believers, it's starting to melt the Internet. So, yeah, I'm happy, man. I'm sitting here doing a radio show with you, Rory, smoking a cigar, drinking a martini. Life is good. Wow, that's the, way to, that's the way to do it. God, amen. Hallelujah, brother. Um, <laughs> I, you know I'm sure a lot of my co-hosts have a, you know, quite a few questions for you. You've got, you've you've got multiple co-hosts. Yeah, we we have quite a few guys on the line. We got uh, my, we got Mike uh, Zolo from New Jersey. We got Gianni from New York. We got James. Oh my God, man! Woo! We got the whole crew. It's gonna get rowdy, man. Let's do it. It's about to get fun, man. Um, James, Mike, Gianni. Y'all lay, y'all lay yeah, into exactly. me, man. I'm, it's it's uh, it's bare knuckle radio. Let's do it. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, all right, get, all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, hey guys. I, I also I, I forgot to tell you my uh, oldest daughter Hannah, when she was 19, uh, she strode into uh, Obama's claim to fame, uh, also known as Acorn, and she got them uh, oh. giving home loans for underage sex slaves for whorehouses. What? When they're imported from El Salvador, and, and she she destroyed, uh, uh, like I said, Obama's claim to fame, saved us $8.5 billion in uh, stimulus money. And uh, my other daughter is a purveyor of Girls Just Want to Have Guns. She's a Second Amendment activist. She's the first uh, Gracie Valenti brother uh, black belt in the world. And, wow. Uh, yeah, so. Wow. Yeah, I used to work for Acorn. That's crazy. <laughs> Hey, have you seen um have you seen the the film that uh Tribeca and uh, Sundance put out? Uh it's going to go into um mass release on PBS for the summer on May 21st. It's called Acorn in the Firestorm. It's a documentary that uh shows wow. uh Bertha Lewis's narrative and contrasts it uh to my daughter Hannah well, Giles' investigation. Yeah, Levinson's are very corrupt. You know, I know the uh, I know the, his son. You know, they're very corrupt people. And uh, I worked for Acorn, and the stuff that they did was just terrible. Yeah, I would love to see that movie. Absolutely. Yeah, you're a director, Gianni. Tell him. Oh yeah, yeah. I also direct. You know, I uh, I'm just I'm starting actually writing a script right now about 
conservative families, you know. I'm trying to figure out whether I want it, you know, in Texas, West Virginia, want the set, you know, there, because I want people to see from a visual perspective life on the other side. You know, sometimes the city folk can get like, oh, all high to Diddy, but we don't understand, you know, people that, you know, have farms for decades and years and generations, and, you know, taxes are killing them and things of that nature. So I want to kind of write scripts that really – show the other side other side of the grass, people that, you know, work hard and people that, you know, have farms so city folk can even eat, you know what I mean? So I really want to show that. So, yeah, I'm a filmmaker, a uh, Republican filmmaker. So, yeah, that's You just that's got about done it. making your, uh, your first movie. Yeah, absolutely. Gianni, come, come film our family, man. We'll rock your world. <laughs> okay, then that's a connection because I was actually looking for that's a connection. I definitely want to do that. You know, you know, it's so funny. Uh, and I lived in Miami for 20 years, and you know, uh, and you talk about a disengaged populace by and large. I, I mean, I was living, you know, on the intercoastal. So you're talking about the wealthy of the wealthy, uh, cosmopolitan type place, and and they have no idea. You know about the bread and butter, the the heart and the funky bottom line base note of Americana. It's not racist. It's not hatred. It's hard work. It's respect for our Constitution, our uh, our Bill of Rights. It's an American yeah. dream. It's a motif that has propped America up to be, you know, king of the hill on this blue marble that we're all schlepping of which 97% of benevolence flows from. And for people in the big cities, whether it's on the, on, the, on the East Coast or the left coast, for them to disparage the heart and soul of America is exactly yeah. why Trump won. It's exactly why yep. they will continue to lose because they're completely you know, disengaged from what makes life tick. You, you know, they're yep. so, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right, and you bring up a great point, Doug. It's places like anti-American California is the reason Trump won. People have lost people have lost their Ameri- you know, have lost American values in certain parts of the country. We have all of this liberalism going around, and it's a mental disorder. It really is. I mean, these people belong in a mental hospital. They are absolutely entitled to the max and just nut jobs. I mean, you see all these protests in the street. And they are the biggest hypocrites, and you know what they say, what they stand for, but their actions contradict otherwise. And we just see all this BS, and I'm tired of it. Well, their worldview has uh, has been tried and found wanting. Uh, you know, look at Venezuela. I mean, all these all these university campuses, uh, the the People's Republic of California, and all these other bastions of. Uh, of the liberal worldview, um, I mean, everything that they're cheerleading and yodeling for has been done, and it's ended in you know ten mile long bread lines and oppression of freedom of expression, freedom of thought, and uh, object slavery and poverty. And here they think, well, we just haven't given it you know a good shake, <laughs> so we want to do it in America. And you look at California, man, they're a billion dollars of debt. I mean, they they want to you know split the state into three different sectors. People want to you know bailing out. They're moving to Texas, man. Everybody up in the north, they're bailing to Florida and Texas. And uh, our our problem True. here as as a Texan, we're sitting here like, 
look, you're welcome to come. Just don't bring your political horse crap because that's why your state sucks. That's why your economy is abysmal, and that's why you guys are losing. It's all your leftist radical worldview, and it's it's been tried several times over a century, and it's been found wanting. Right. No, absolutely. But 100% right. Right. Agreed. With that being but, said, but that's though, that's my humble opinion. Uh, go even ahead. Though no, Trump's the, <laughs> even though Trump's the president. My true, like, I, I really believe that in America, not outside of America, okay, I'm not talking about Islamic terrorists, but in America, <laughs> the biggest enemy. I'm a lot far. <laughs> the I thought it was Aloha Snack Bar. Aloha Snack Bar. I'm from Texas. I don't, I don't know this stuff, buddy. The Go biggest ahead, Mike, enemy sorry. in America is the left. They destroy everything that's good. They're polluting uh, our schools, our children. They hate patriotism. They hate America. The most yep. dangerous people in America are the left. And you know, I tell, I tell, I, uh, Drew, uh, uh, Roy, I tell people all the time, man. It's like if you hate your kids, uh, send them to public school because they have them for eight hours a day. Uh, they do a systematic deconstruction of America's uh, exceptionalism. Doug, you were just talking to Mike, my other co-host. Oh, sorry. They'll turn them into social justice warriors. They will not pin them to the, the American infrastructure of ingenuity and independence and self-reliance that has made this country great. And uh, so, parents, if you're listening right now uh, to, this, uh, to this broadcast, <laughs> if, you, if you hate your kids and you want America to go – Solidly down the crapper, then send them to public school. Oh, Jesus! Yeah, send them, to, Lord. send them to public school. They'll teach you about transgenderism and how to uh, not say the Pledge of Allegiance. Well, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, the kids do need to learn how to hoof around in stilettos when they're ten years old. So, you know, there could be an upshot to sending them to public school. <laughs> but hey, I, Jenny, I, I, I was gonna. I wanted to ask a, a question, though, real go quick. Um, yeah, go ahead, I, I'm, I'm a Christian myself, and uh, I don't like to – I say this all the time, but I always get into it. I don't like to talk identity politics, but with uh-huh. the left, you kind of have to. So I'm also <laughs> white, and uh, I'm pretty proud to be white, and it's all good to be white. Are you white, white privileged, bro? <laughs> you need to report, man. white privileged? <laughs> no such thing as white privilege. But my question <laughs> is simple. Why in America are white Christian males the most attacked and hated people, do you believe, in America by the left? First of all, I think you're right. You know, if you're a white Christian conservative male, then you are the redheaded stepchild. You're the whipping post of of everything. Yeah, you know, again, uh, and I don't know if you guys know this, but the Southern Baptist Convention and the Presbyterian Churches of America, they've uh, come forth and they've repented of white privilege, and uh, they've denounced white racism. And look, if you're a Christian, there's no room for racism whatsoever, period. You don't hate anybody based on the (laughs) – if you're a Christian, there's there's no black and white. There's no – Rich man, poor man, there's no slave or free. You know, we're all equal under God. 
And yeah. if any of these denominations have picked up that kind of dog crap and they've propagated and they've run with it, then you know what? They need to repent. However, uh, same goes for black churches or Hispanic churches. If, if you laud your race above love for your neighbor, then you know what? You're stupid, and you need to repent also. I think all this stuff of uh, this white shaming or all the other crap that's going on, we, here's what we ought to get into. We ought to get into stupidity shaming, uh, 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 socialist shaming, communism shaming, and again, all these other world views that have uh, that are feckless, that are specious, that lead to uh, uh, denigration and and, uh, and slavery of speech and of thought and of lives. Those are the things that we need to repent of. And uh, like I said, any church that buys into racism, uh, they're ridiculous. I want nothing to do with them, whether it's white racism or black racism or Hispanic or Martian racism. Uh, you know, it's it's all it's all uh, it, it's 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 just gross, man. Well, yeah. let me, I just let me it, just, let me give you an example, though. Uh, okay, so this is how bad it is. The left, the left in in public schools, obviously. The left is winning because, and you know, hopefully, you know, they won't keep winning because Trump's in office and there's, you know, the silent majority is awake. But just a couple weeks ago, just a couple weeks ago, a second grader was given, uh, second graders were given by their teacher pamphlets to take home to read about white privilege. And it was given to all the white kids in a school in Georgia. That's racism, man. And I don't see that on CNN. And I don't see that on MSNBC. And as a white guy, I'm really starting to get pissed off with this stuff. I'm getting sick and tired of it. And the left is out of control. Well, here's here's you know um, uh, here's the upshot of of this uh, abysmal condition that 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 you just uh, articulated is the the pendulum is swinging, and um, I'm a big believer in the pendulum swinging back. So you're seeing the left in their uh, desperate moves, you know, to try to alienate, you know, over half the population and try to besmirch, you know, good people that don't have a racial bone in their body that just want to be left alone and and live free and simple. I think it's going to swing back. I think a lot of parents, I mean, you look what they're doing, man. They're they're bailing out of public school. They're doing homeschooling. We homeschooled our kids. Uh, uh, through uh, junior high or middle school and high school, and everybody thinks, oh, you got a bunch of retards and stuff. It's like, really? I'll put my homeschool kids against your public school kids anytime. As far as uh, social interaction, they interacted with the best fighters in the Gracie and the Valenti uh, world known to mankind. And I took them all over the planet traveling with me and hanging out with uh, diplomats and congresspeople and doctors and lawyers and missionaries and pastors and rock stars. We had an amalgam of uh, individuals that interfaced with our kids when they were little that they would not be afforded to if they stayed in public school where they were under eight hours of the tutelage of, by and large, people who do not like America and that for which she stands. Mm-hmm. No, well that's, 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 that's totally right. My my uh, what I what I'm just trying to get at is I just I just I don't know what it's going to take for the rest of here's, America to wake up. Here's, you know? well, here's, here's a, I I think uh, 
Um, you know, it can look gloomy if you really look at uh, the radicalization of the schools and stuff. Uh, I yeah. think the upshot is is that um, is that if you know you like I, because we have to cover this crap on ClashDaily.com. Uh, if if we put blinders on, if we get myopia and we only stare at that stuff, we think you know this this thing's going to hell in a handbasket. But there's a lot of people, man. They're bailing out. They're leaving, and uh, they're doing this whole righteous rebellion uh, that you know that we propagate uh, all the time over at ClashDaily.com and through my books. And so the, it's the big American poke out, man. They're 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 pulling and they're leaving. And I think it's great. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Mayberry RFD does not exist anymore. Happy Days is gone. This is Bedlam. It's Thunderdome, and it's everybody for themselves. And you know what? It sucks because we're we're losing, you know, kind of a Norman Rockwell aspect of Americana. But at, at the upshot, it goes back to the family. It goes back to the church. It goes back to we the people. And you know what? Yeah. It sucks, but I dig that. And Doug, Absolutely. when you brought up the Doug, you you brought up a great point when, you know, you're and I've said this on my show many times, and many of you are going, many agree with me. It's not Muslims. It's not you know black. It's not you know. It's not these different. It's not Jews that are the most attacked. It's white Christian conservative males sure. that are the biggest target in this country, and we have to watch our backs. And people laugh, you know, the Democrats laugh that kind of thing off like we're the most privileged. No, actually, if you look at reality, which the Democrats have no sense of reality, but if you look at reality, it's white Christian conservative males that are the most targeted. And you know what's funny is that all these uh, liberals, they yarble that crap into the night, and they, they yeah. bray it with, with, with uh, incessant nonstop unction. They're being led by a bunch of old white, uh, old white men and women. You know, here they are, like, oh, it's like, well, why don't you quit? Why don't you leave? Why don't you give it up? You know, right. but, uh, they they understand that they've built a plantation and they're fear mongering and they're trying to keep you know all their ducks in a row and stuff. But here's what I think is hilarious: you got guys like Kanye and other people yeah. saying, you know what? Yeah, We're baby. black. Kanye. We don't have to vote Democrat. You know, this is bullcrap. We, we're not gonna. We're not gonna wrong with buy into your worldview. Black Democrats ain't even made it off the plantation. <laughs> he talks about it yeah. in the song. I mean, it, he's awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say, Rory. I was gonna say, you know, you know me. You know, I love New York. I'm a. I'm a I was born in New York. I was raised in New York. Yeah. But if you look yeah. at the fact, New York, the tri-state area of New York, New Jersey, is the most most moved out of moved out states and stuff in California in America. Yes. Plus, the quality yes. of life in California and New York is terrible. If you go, why? Here's my question: If everything yes. about Republicans is so racist, when you go to <laughs> big cities like Chicago, Detroit, yes. Baltimore, New York, California, all the places where the black people live at are terrible. I grew up in New York. I know. You go to the Bronx, it looks terrible. But when Rudy Giuliani, a Republican, came in, if you know, I know some, some people might be too young, but, you know, when Rudy Giuliani came in New York, he cleaned it up. They called him every name of the book, racist, bigot. They called him all this stuff. But he cleaned up New York. And, you know, you know New York uh, downtown uh, Times Square used to be, you know, 
porno everywhere. It was, you know, murder. It was thieves. It was Everything was so bad. But when he came in with conservative principles, it took a white man and cleaned it all up. And here's another thing. Why, if celebrities and all these people, you know, they're like, oh, you know, Jay-Z, you know, he's crazy knucklehead. You know, he says that, you know, white men still run the country. I'm like, you, you're making over a million dollars, man. And, and, well, and, and here's, case, here's, why did- here's another thing that I think is uh, uh, ludicrous for, for them to make those claims. Uh, hey, you had Obama, you know, for eight years. <laughs> the hell did he do, man? I like I like Zach Galifianakis when he asked Obama in his show Between Two Ferns. He goes, how's it feel to be the last black president? And you know, here's the thing. You have a white Obama. Obama had a white mama, white grandma that raised him. You know, he he was born in Kenya. He's not even full black. Yeah, he's not even black, really. I mean, it's kind of an insult to the black community to call him black. Yeah, get get Samuel L. Jackson in there, Kevin Harder, or uh, Steve right. Harvey, man. I guarantee, I, guys, I, I guarantee. Oh, uh, no, but you and know was, they had to come. They had to come after Herman Cain because he 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 uh, he vied off the the plantation and stuff, and he actually had economic principles and and American values that would you know elevate everybody's uh, boat. And uh, so what they did is they came after him and with false accusations. I don't know if they're true or not. It's like he's got, you know, nine different chicks and stuff. So did Martin Luther King, you know. Boom. Boom. They all do. They all – I mean, he's a man. I mean, come on. I mean, Donald Trump wasn't – Now, here's, here's what I think is funny like about that. Trump. Here's, here's what I think is funny nothing about wrong, Trump. Let me nothing take, wrong with saying grab him by the pussy. Grab him by the pussy. Grab him by the pussy. Here's what and I think is hilarious about – And he know, was right. So when, here, you're, when you're famous, they let you do it. You can do – you know, he was right. I mean, President Trump had his way with any girl he wanted. Donald Trump had his way with any girl he wanted. I mean, he, he's right. Here's, here's what I think's funny. Here's what I think's funny is that you know I'm I'm a Christian and I know you're not supposed to be one anymore, but I'm an unabashed believer. Even though the Catholics think I have the soul of a heretic, and my uh, evangelical brothers think I have the mouth of a stevedore. That being said, you know I'm sitting there listening to him. It's like, oh, we would never support a leader who committed adultery. Or did any of these dastardly things like, oh, you Bill mean like, um, no, wait, wait, no, wait, 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 guys, wait, wait, just wait for it. I said, oh, you mean like uh, Abraham or King David or Samson? And I just started going through this whole litany of biblical characters or Solomon Martin who wrote the Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. These guys are tapping more chicks than Bob Villa is loose doors in a, in a, in a blowed out <laughs> renovation. <laughs> And here they are. It's like, oh, I have this. I have this one guy. I have this one guy. Uh, I won't say his name. I just want because I just don't want to argue with him. Nah, it's below me, man. I don't even want to go there. I don't want to hear his tweets and shit. So he he was like, we need to have a statesman like Winston Churchill instead of Trump. And I go, you mean Churchill who made fun of women, who mocked them, who said <laughs> he told this one lady. Uh, she said one night, she goes, you're drunk, Churchill. And he goes, you're, li- you're right. Uh, I, I'll be sober in the morning, but you'll still be ugly. He did dictation in the nude. Can you imagine if Trump's walking around the West Wing 
you know, just full Monty, you know, doing dictation to uh, uh, Hope Hicks. Can you imagine what Anderson Cooper, his head would explode. Don Lemon, he would be spinning oh, like yeah, a top really. if somebody did something like that. So it's, it's crap. It's nonsense. Uh, and, and that's the cool thing about it from a biblical perspective is that God always plays the wild card. He always chooses the thing that you don't think he'd choose. He chooses the base, the corrupt, the things that aren't, to shame the things that are. So at the end of the day, nobody boasts except for God, you know? Apostle Paul, that's a perfect example. And and here's the thing. Barack Obama, you know, I'm a – Doug, I'm a really good friend of Joe Arpaio, and uh, I'm helping him with his Senate campaign. And uh, you know Joe Arpaio is is the one that, you know, started the – you know, you know the Obama is not born here, which Arpaio is right. Obama was not born here. That is not a real document, his birth certificate. And even even Arpaio has proof. But and Arpaio, you know, has um, you know has really investigated it and has comp- and has compared it and has has had experts compare the, the documents. And uh, you know, it, it's it's a fake. Obama is a fake. He was born in Kenya. Well, his publicist says that when he was when he was pimping uh, Obama's book, uh, "Dreams you know of My Arpa- Father." You know who Joe Arpaio is, right? America's toughest sheriff. Yeah, of course. Yeah, man. Yeah, and he's he's yeah, been on the show. Him, he's he's been in... on the sh- he's been on the show a couple times. He's he's uh, he's awesome to talk to on the show too. He's been on for hours on the show. But what what were you saying? Sorry. Yeah, no, but uh, uh, Obama's publicist in. You know him trying to you know broker a book deal. He says he's yeah. from Kenya. You know it's, it, yeah. this isn't I mean, yeah. this isn't Sheriff Joe saying it. It's not right wing Fox News. Go back to Obama's publicist. <laughs> but but you also but you also look at this, the, if this is a Republican having this sort of scandal. Can you imagine the backlash? Can you imagine the media outrage? Can you imagine the uh, double standard, bro. There's not there's not double standards anymore. There's quadruple standards, and you know what? We need to get to a place where we're not mm-hmm. bitching about it. We just we combat it like you guys are doing on your on your show, where we ridicule it and uh, we flog it like a glue mule <laughs> to plow our row. And uh, that's that's you know in my book Rules for Radical Christians. That's what I really yeah, get please, into. Please talk about that. Please talk about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, the premise is, you know, everybody's like, oh, man, this is a bad day. Oh, Jesus must be coming. It's the apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> uh, God's about to roll the credits on this failed earth flick. And I'm like, uh, au contraire, man. It's been bad uh, in history before. Uh, people have had yeah. it a lot worse than we had had it in here in America. And you know what? Uh uh, things didn't end. They kept clipping along. So what we got to do, if we're going to be shrewd stewards of uh, this third rock from the sun, we got to go back and look at, uh, in particular, the Bible. And I, I pull out Daniel and his amigos in in uh, the book of Daniel, and they were handed uh, a hand, guys, that was way worse than the hand that we are handed. And they threw excellence in ten different disciplines rose to a place yeah. of prominence, and they had no props. They had no blog talk radio. 
They had no Clash Daily. They had no social media. They had no Bible right. verses to inspire them. They had not a – I'm talking nothing zilch zippo. And they didn't curl up in the fetal position and wet their big Christian conservative diaper and start wailing like a wild boar that's been smacked with a muzzy broadhead coming out of my bow at 300 feet per second. They rose to the occasion. They embraced discipline. And you know what? They became ten times better than any of the other dullards in Babylon. And when Nebuchadnezzar had his frickin' nightmare in that country, which was one of the seven wonders of the world, was going down the crapper, they were there to change it. And that's my message you know, to young people, to, uh, to guys that are you know, my age. It's like, look, you can, you, can, you can bitch, you can complain, you can moan, or you can become disciplined and enter into arts, entertainment, uh, politics, education, uh, economics, and through excellence and through a biblical worldview, change things. Or you can uh, just sit back and pin, pick lint out of your navel and uh, just just be an, an ear-splitting n- noise in America's uh, <laughs> collective ear. Absolutely. And, you know, I want to play a quick clip. I actually want to play a couple of clips and get your thoughts on this. But first of all, Netanyahu made a great little speech today. It's about a two-minute clip, but... You know, it just goes to show that, you know, what Trump did today is one of the will go down as one of the most historic moments ever in political history, with this Jerusalem move, uh, making it the capital and the U.S. embassy. It's it's really a special thing. And uh, uh, I'm gonna play this real real quick clip from Netanyahu, uh, three five. What a glorious day! Remember this moment. This is history. President Trump, by recognizing history, you have made history. Wow. All of us are deeply moved. All of us are deeply grateful. For me, being here brings back wonderful memories from my childhood. Gadaltipo. עד גיל שלוש. הייתי הולך פה בשדות, הייתי הולך פה בשדות עד גבול ידוע, כי פה היה אסור ללכת יותר, זה כבר היה מסוכן. ולכן זה יום גדול, יום גדול לירושלים, יום גדול למדינת ישראל, יום שייחרט בזיכרוננו הלאומי לדורות. So I know some of you didn't follow every word I said in Hebrew. I'll tell you that I spent the first three years of my life in this neighborhood, and in Gedi Street in Talpiot, which is not very far away. There were a few charming houses here, many open fields. I remember ambling in these fields with my brother Yoni. He was six, I was three. He held my hand very tight. We'd walk to this wondrous house. Uh, Professor Joseph Klausner, the renowned Jewish historian, was my father's teacher. I used to peer through the slats of the wooden synagogue where he and the great Israeli writer Shai Gnon used to pray on Shabbat. And David, I would approach this place right here, but only so far. 
because my mother told me, you can't go any further. This was near the border. It was exposed to sniper fire. Jesus. That was then. This is now. Today, today, the most, the embassy of the most powerful nation on earth, our greatest ally, the United States of America, today its embassy opened here. Speechless man. Hallelujah. Uh, speechless man. Uh, wow. I mean, not only not only uh, that historic moment uh, as BB uh, well enunciated uh, for the Jewish people, which again, yeah, uh, the never Trumpers, the evangelicals. I wonder if they'll give uh, Trump any props for that at all. I mean, that is right. That's yeah, what I'm wondering. What about what about because there's a lot of Jewish liberals, and I'm wondering, will you? I mean, Chuck Schumer came out and gave him credit today, which surprised me. But I, I'm wondering, will these leftist uh, Jew- Jewish, you know, people give him credit. I well, doubt here's, it. Here's, here's, what's, here's what's interesting, man, because, uh, you know, like I said, you know, I lived in Miami for 20 years, and, uh, I mean, we're on, we're on a yacht base in, in uh, the northeast quadrant of Dade County, which is right. <laughs> which is not known for uh, white Gentiles for tex- from <laughs> Texas. And, uh, right. uh through my through my daughter's investigation to Acorn, through us just yeah. being nice people and and being buddies uh, and not judging anything, uh, they the whole block, the whole home association came around uh, to conservative principles. They opened themselves up <laughs> to us, you know, white Christians from Texas and things. And uh, yeah. I I. You know whether whether or not uh, the Schumers and the other people and the, and the Jewish liberals who you think would cheerlead who you think would cheerlead Trump, you know, like there's like no other. Uh, you think yeah. they'd come around to this because what's what's the alternative? Uh, right. Iranian opposition, uh, you know, Palestinian support. Are you here's, kidding me? Here's the alter. Here's the alternative. And here's here's something. Here's something. Here's something else listen, that listen, you know. Right. Do you hear that? Well, here's 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 something that uh, you know. Uh, again, if we're talking to Christians and they're anti-Trump, yes. is, uh, yes. is that you're known by the enemies who attack you. So so you right. hear you you hear the furor coming from the Palestinians. You see what Iran did when Trump nuked the Iranian deal. Did you uh, hear that? That's what I said. that's what I just played. It said uh, death to America. You didn't hear that? I I I don't I don't, I don't no no I didn't <laughs> I speak Texan brother but uh, I mean and, and aside from Israel which is huge I mean look hold what on, happened one, hey, with hold on hold on one second let me see if this if I can play the clip of Death to America what you were talking about hold on because I think I I it was wasn't on the right volume hold on a second. Now you can hear it. <laughs> yeah. 
Did you hear it no, now? All I got, yeah, all I got to say is, uh, okay. Uh, Jesus Christ, but that's bring what it we're on. dealing with, guys. That's what we're fucking dealing with. No, we gave them, we gave them what, $150 billion or some crap like well, we that, Obama did? We in return, and we gave them one point something, it's $1.7 billion cash off of an airplane or helicopter or whatever. And here's, yeah, and here's, here's another thing that you know we haven't even brought up is uh, I believe it's been 65 years since uh, North Korea and South Korea crossed the DMZ, and, and the, their leaders, their premiers uh, shook hands. And uh, yeah. now uh, little Kim's talking about <laughs> denuclearizing you know, all of his assets. And, and yet, you know, CNN, what they want to talk about is Stormy Daniels. It's like, you got to be kidding me, man. Do you really hate America oh. that bad that, that you can't give anybody any – listen, if, if Obama did any of this stuff, if Obama healed the world, if Obama, yes. you know, opened blind eyes, you know what? Yeah. I would shut – uh, my clap trap and quit giving him crap, and I would stand up and I would give him a standing ovation. I don't understand hey. these guys. I don't understand their level and their level of malevolence. I I just don't get it, guys. And like you said, yeah, Roy, early on, it, it, what you said early on is liberalism is Michael Savage made popular is a mental disorder. Period. He's a duck. Well, Michael Savage duck. was duck. out Hold of his on. mind. Mike, Mike, you guys, Mike. hold on. I have a Democrat calling in from Forbes magazine that wants to talk about the economy with us and maybe has some different opinions. So we we got to let him on, but we got to be nice. Okay? Okay. Everybody yeah. there? I'm all ears. Okay. Devin Devin Thorpe is a Forbes contributor, best-selling author, and crowdfunding expert. He's also a Democrat. Um, Yeah, and uh, we're very excited to have him on the show. Uh, Thank you for coming on. Um, Very excited to have you, Devin. How are you? Rory, it's an honor to be with you tonight. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. 100%, Devin. And, you know, Devin, we were just talking about – the embassy being moved to Jerusalem today, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big success. It was long overdue. Many past presidents said they were going to do it and never did. Um, Trump did it within his first year. Um, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts on it, Devin? Well, I think you're, you're right about all of that. Uh, the, you know, the question is, uh, is the violence in Gaza today? I think 50 people were killed there. Is that related to this change? And uh, are we, you know, was uh, President Trump sufficiently thoughtful about that possible outcome? Because uh, you're right, uh, President o- Obama wanted to do the same thing. Uh, and I think every president for the last, uh, at least since Clinton, has supported this idea. But they've been reluctant to do it uh, for a variety of reasons, uh, including perhaps uh, a fear about what might happen. Uh, yeah, revolutions are, revolutions are bloody, man. You know. Yeah, and revolutions are bad. I wouldn't say all revolutions are bad, but I say war is bad. 
We had a worried war when we came Here's my President Trump would say President Trump would say war is bad. He would say we should avoid war when we can. We should stay out of wars when we can avoid them. Right, but but Devin, let me my my ultimate my ultimate question was: Do you agree with? Are you happy about the move today? Are you you think it's a success? I don't uh, I don't have a dog in that fight. So you know, I think clearly, I clearly I think everyone in the United States or virtually everyone would agree that the functional capital of Jerusalem is or of Israel is Jerusalem, and we ought to recognize that if we can. And yes. but I think everyone, you know, a lot of people have been afraid about the repercussions of making that move. So uh, no, wasn't afraid. My my co-host has some questions. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that not everyone agrees that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. Right. Right. A lot, I mean, there's a lot of Keith Ellison, Keith Ellison is like you know, uh, you know, out of his mind. All he said today was, "Oh, what, what? people died." Well, I mean, look, these people are gonna. If Trump did, if Trump decided to do this two years from now. These Palestinians, these people would be doing the same thing. They they decided to to protest and and, and be violent. I mean, look, this is what happens. There's there's consequences for your actions. This needed to be done a long time ago, and it's a done deal. Yeah, I guess you know the um, it's a fair question whether it needed to be done. It's uh, you know clearly in principle it's the right thing to do, but we often weigh principles against practical uh, considerations like whether or not people might die as a result. So I, I don't think it's crazy for people to be thoughtful about this decision. And I don't think it's crazy no. for people to disagree about it. Um, and so I think that, no, no, that's my, why just, we have seen every president for the last 20 years say we ought to do this. It's why we saw Congress pass the law 20 plus years ago saying we ought to right. do this because it's a good idea. But it isn't crazy that uh, 20 years of uh, politicians in the White House from both parties have held off. Um, well, well, no, and, I, know, I'm not just – I understand that. I'm just saying I'm just saying, never would be a good time. These people are going to do this two years from now, five years from now. At some point, you have to make a stance. Yeah, I, I think that's – you know, the, the, I think there, that's a, a valid point, but I would hope. I, I'm an optimist. I would hope that we can find ways to build lasting peace in the Middle East and that, uh, you know, doing good things will make peace possible. Uh, and in that world, yeah, I, I, I would hope that we could do things like this without violence. Now, well, I would love that, but Israel's uh, the side of New Jersey surrounded by uh, Muslim savages, to be quite blunt. I mean, you know, they're in a pretty tough spot, wouldn't you say? Well, uh, I certainly wouldn't agree with the characterization of Muslim savages. Certainly there are some <laughs> Islamic extremists there. Uh, and But, uh, you know, I know a lot of wonderful Muslim people, so it's, uh, well, it would I'm be a gross miscarriage of justice. But I'm saying you know, all of the savages that one Israel wiped off the faces of the earth, all of those savages are indeed Muslim, correct? Uh, I think by and large they are. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. 
Johnny, that's what I said. I just hate this. I just I I hate having this discussion because I just I just hate having this discussion because because (laughs) people don't realize you know how I'm not saying you do. I'm just saying a lot of people don't realize how small Israel is and what they're surrounded by. I mean, they are surrounded. I've been to Israel a couple of times. I've been to. And I wasn't picking on you. Uh, I'm just saying they're they're the size of New Jersey. I mean, it's surrounded, you know. I mean, Iran wants them dead, you know. I mean, like it's, you know, there's a lot of – people make it seem like Israel is the bad guys. And if you just look at the map and see what they're living surrounded by, you might change your mind, you know. I'm not talking about you. I think there's there's no question – yeah, no question they're in a difficult position, and, and I certainly sympathize with their plight for that reason. Uh, but it's, you know, I, I don't know that it's fair to give Israel a pass on everything they ever do because they're in a tough situation. Hey, Devin, but how do, you, how, do you, Devin, how do you justify and excuse Palestinians and, you know, all this Gaza stuff? Invading the Jerusalem capital the capital today, they had no right. That's not their land. That's not. That's not. You know, they don't belong there. They can't intrude. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Of course, they're going to. If they're going to be aggressive, they're going to be shot down and and killed. I mean, do you think they're just going to walk around and harm innocent Jews? Yeah, it's. Uh, it is. Let me troubling. ask you. Let me uh, ask you. What's your religion, if you don't mind me asking? Are you Jewish? No. I'm not Jewish. Oh. I'm a Mormon. Okay, you're not Jewish. Okay, you're Mormon. Oh yeah, you're Utah. You're Utah Mormon. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um. So yeah, but but go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to cut sorry. you off, sir. No. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's clearly difficult. Uh, uh. You know, you 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 talk about the nobility of revolution earlier, and uh, you know that's what these folks in Gaza think they're doing, right? They they think that they are fighting a righteous fight for freedom and independence. Um, so it, it, there's a perspective there. If they were, if we were looking at uh, American revolutionaries, they would behave much the same way, I think, in a similar situation. So uh, clearly, there there are some messed up things in the Middle East, and uh, a lot of people on both sides have developed hatred for one another, and that. That is the problem. It isn't that Muslims are bad or Jews are bad or Israel is bad. And right. the, the issue is hatred is bad. And right. we need to solve the problem of hatred. And uh, that is a big, big challenge. And But I, I admire there are people in the world hey, who are Hatred how? Elaborate on the hatred, you know, because there's so many different types of hatred. Can you please elaborate? Yeah, sure. So – one of the things that I've seen that uh, a, a number of organizations are doing this, all of it is at very small scale with no more than dozens or hundreds of people, but they bring Muslims and Jews together, uh, usually outside of Israel. Uh, sometimes that's in the United States, sometimes it's in Europe, but they get them together in a situation where they can interact in a safe environment, and and almost universally what happens is they begin to see each other as human beings, oftentimes for the first time, and it changes lives, changes perspective. Some of this even goes on in Israel. And uh, so I've written a little bit about this over the years, and uh, I really admire the people who are engaged in this activity to bring people across 
these divides together to, to begin working on forgiveness and collaboration. And so, yeah, I think as we, we think about the hatred on both sides of uh, borders in the Middle East, um, yeah. looking for real solutions is a, a peace-building process that will take years, but it's worth the investment. Well, you know what I said earlier on the show, and, you know, I want to get your take on this, and I'm sure Gianni and uh, Zolo uh, have comment, comments as well, my co-host. But the most targeted religious, the most targeted person in this country today is a white Christian conservative. Those are the most targeted. Right. It, I mean, you, you, you can't really... Uh, I mean, there's no, there's no denying it. It's not, it's not Jews. It's not Muslims. It's, it's Christian. It's, it's white Christian conservatives, because uh, you know the term white privilege, which is completely garbage. Because I could start saying brown privilege and black privilege, Asian privilege, Mexicano privilege. You know, it's just, it's, it's stupid to even use that term. But you know, they, they're using a lot of that, and they're using that as an attack motive. Uh, you know, it's um, you know they're trying. There's just there's a war. There's there's a war out against against Christians. There's no doubt about it. Well, I think there's a doubt about that. I you know speaking as a white middle-aged Christian, uh, I can't I can't really. think of one time in my life I've been attacked for being a white middle-aged Christian. Um. So I'm not sure I see the same view of it. When, when do you watched, feel attacked? Tell me a little bit about a, have, a situation where you felt attacked. Have you? Have you? Let me give you an example. Have you seen any movies produced by Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood in the past 25 years? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you I, ever see them mocking Muslims? Do you ever see them mocking Jews, or do you see them mocking Christians? Uh, I I've seen plenty of movies over the years where the bad guys were Muslims. Uh, I've seen no, plenty no, of no. movies. I'm not where, talking about uh, a movie about terrorism. I am talking about movies that mock Christianity. What about the college? What about the college uh, in California? I believe that released a new do- a, a, a new um, uh, detailed essay containing Christian privilege. Have they ever written anything about Muslim <laughs> Why is it second graders in Georgia that were white about a month ago giving out uh, by their teachers were given pamphlets detailing white privilege? These are second graders. Would they ever do that to black kids? Do what? Give them a brochure about cultural sensitivity? I suspect they would. Really? Really? So you think a teacher, a teacher would take a pamphlet that said black privilege and would hand it out to just black kids in second grade. Uh, Why is it? I think, I think, uh, I think, I think teaching cultural sensitivity is a good thing for all of us. No, 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 that's cultural Marxism. Well, yeah, I, I do agree that the, the, the term privilege has been um, politicized in a, in a frustrating way. Uh, okay, wait. All right. Let's get, your take, let's, get your take, let's get your take on this one. What about the college in California 
that had a big party for, uh, I believe it was uh, seniors or whatever, and it was a swimming party. But right under the, the, the headline of swimming party, it said, no whites allowed. People might seem that as a joke, but that was actually real. What if that said no blacks allowed? I bet you would be, a, be on CNN since last week. So when I yes. say white Christians are attacked, I don't mean we're being murdered in the streets as I walk to the grocery store. What I'm saying is we're mocked and we're smeared and we're verbally uh, attacked constantly. And I don't feel like any other race or religion in this time, I'm not talking about slavery or Jim Crow, is treated like that. I mean, white yeah, privilege alone. There's, there's truth in what you're saying, but the, the reason to the, the, to there, there is truth to what you're saying is because still in America, the, the vast majority of power and influence is held by white men. And so we get a little bit of crap. Um, okay, so let me let me let me test that out. But I quick. was about to say, so, okay. real quick, yeah, we, Gianni, sorry. Yeah, Gian, Gianni's quick. a black. Hey, Gianni, make it clear. Um, you know, you're you're a black Trump supporter. You're my co-host. Yeah. And you're from yeah, New yeah, York. I was, yeah, and I'm from New York. And see, I was gonna say, I understand what you what, you, what you're talking about. You know, oh, a bunch of, there's a bunch of white, but you gotta think about why that is. It's because. The Democratic Party has duped black people into believing white privilege. So that's why, listen, I grew up with this. I remember, you know, grandmothers telling their son, it's a white man's world. You can't do nothing. Only thing the white man has left you in this world is to be dead or in jail. And when you constantly push that, when you're constantly pushing plantation politics, that's going to make black children say, all right, if it's a white man's world, I should just go out and gangbang. Why should I go to school? Why should I get AIDS in yeah. school? Why should I do anything for myself? So that's the reason why all these – and then let's go talk about the family. Let's talk about how the Democrats, you know, push the whole welfare thing, and then the father's out of the house. So then meanwhile, you know, white people are, you know, taking offices, and they're doing great things. They're doing great adventures. They're making business. It is these ideologies of racial politics that have kept black people down and not achieving it. it, it I may I say this? The first, the first black senator was Republican, by the way. Just wanted to put that out. Yes, I suspect he was. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. I think what um, one of the key things I've learned in uh, my work, which focuses on uh, – looking at social problems and their solutions is that the people who are closest to those solutions in those situations uh, are focusing on teaching people how to be more self-reliant. And it, it, part of that is to remove the sorts of narratives you're describing from our psyche, right? To say, it, uh, I am the you know captain of my ship. Uh, I am you know I determine my fate. Uh, not not what hap- You know it's not what goes on around me. It's what I do. And and that philosophy right. is vitally important to success and to feeling success. Right. That being self determination is vitally important. So um, there's no question that the narrative you describe has a 
a, a downside. The other side of the coin, though, is as I've looked at people who are successful in all walks of life, um, I see uh, great evidence of people getting help. Uh they get help sometimes from parents, sometimes from teachers, sometimes from other things. I look back at my own life, and I've been fortunate to be successful in so many ways, and I see all kinds of help from mentors and friends and parents and educators. You know, I got a chance to go to an Ivy League school. and I mean, I've really had in so many where, ways where did a charm you go? life. You went, to an Ivy, you went to an Ivy League school. Where did you go? Yeah, I went to Cornell for an MBA. Wow. A long time ago. Very, very liberal. Very liberal. Yes, I think Cornell may be the most liberal university in the country. Yeah. 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 Somebody said it was more liberal than Berkeley. Here's – now, that's that's saying something, more liberal than Berkeley. You've seen the kind of uh, crazy uh, action scene movies that have occurred outside of rallies at Berkeley – um, just because of conservatives wanting to speak there, and you, you know, I want to, I wanna really want to go. You know, you ha- obviously probably have a different view about this, but you know, this is a, a very important topic. You know, Democrats are the ones that originated slavery, originated plantations. They're the ones that, um, you know, ha- have always been the party of let's raise your taxes. Let's control your your health care. Let's let's give you let's be let's let the government uh, be in control. And you know that's some scary stuff. You remember Obama? You know, let me let me ask you, Devin. Do you remember when Obama lied? He said you can keep your plan, you can keep your doctor, and Obamacare. Yes, Obamacare. He, he said he lied. He lied yes, about that. But, didn't and, he? And here's the thing. Obamacare for the first year did okay, but then after that we saw premiums skyrocket. We saw people can't, not even being being able to afford it. Got for you know, you know, it's it's a lifesaver that Trump has pretty much repealed it for the most part. The individual mandate is, you know, yep. uh, he's taking mandate care of that. Is gone. Yep. Uh, what 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 are your thoughts on that? So. You know, you are right uh, that my views on this are going to be different than yours. Um, but, how do you, how do you justi- but how do you justify – let me describe something real quick. So the way yeah. I look at the Democrats today, how they control things, it, it's more subtle, but it's no different than plantation days or being slaves. I mean, because essentially the Democrats want to have full control of your life uh, gun control. You know, why don't we do knife yeah. control? Why don't we do car control, uh, dishwasher control, you know, sink control, you know, all this control. And they're just making a fool of themselves. And we see all of, you know, wanting to control, you know, food, that's the food stamps, wanting to, you know, put us in, you know, constant, give, give constant handouts to people that don't even deserve it. And it totally goes against the American dream and what our country stands for. But how do you, how do you justify a party that originated slavery, you know, originated plantations, and today pretty much does the same thing. It's they still have it's still all about control for them. It's still even Kanye talks about his song, all us black, you know, you know uh, what's wrong with this damn nation? All us black voting Democrat, we ain't even made it off the plantation. 
Kanye's right. And Kanye's one of the, you know, Kanye is one very smart dude. He owns a bunch of businesses. He, you know, he's an artist. He's arguably the best artist in his generation in rap. But, you know, you obviously have different views than this, but how do you justify it? Go ahead, though. I want you to talk. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I think it's it's really an interesting question, right? And, and I think we, yeah. in America, we all value freedom, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. I think it's, we have developed a tendency uh, over the last 15 years that isn't entirely yeah. new. I think the tendency was there back in and around the late 1700s. Uh, right. The rhetoric in the United States was at least as hateful, one party to yeah. the other. I think it was uh, yeah. Whigs and Democrats back in the day. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, they were as antagonistic toward one another as we are today. We've had periods of uh, greater conciliation. Uh, and I think the period following World War II was one of those periods. And so a lot of us came of age in a time when the when Republicans and Democrats could have a more peaceful conversation. And we've become somewhat more polarized. And I, I think part of that, not all of it, but part of that is is uh, Facebook and social media. Part of that is talk radio, where we uh, we get wound up and uh, argue with one another. But I think. Um, we all value freedom, and uh, the I think the perception of Republicans is that uh, all socialism, so all nationalization of anything, would have the effect of reducing freedom. And I began my transition. I actually worked on Capitol Hill for Senator Jake Garn, who was a Republican from Utah. And yes. was myself a staunch Republican. And yeah. I began my decades-long conversion. It was a very slow process. Uh, but I began that uh, around this issue of health care. And one of the things that I began to appreciate back in the 90s is that the way we do health care in this country hurts business. And so I began to see it as a Republican principle that we should have a uh, state-managed health care system paid for with taxes rather than a, a f- private-focused system that burdened business. Because if you but could lift should, the why, burden of health care, just listen, for just, why should, if you lift the burden of health care off of business, then entrepreneurs would grow the economy like crazy with that burden lifted off of them. But one of the big problems of starting a business, and I've started several. I've had payroll that I've made in multiple businesses over, over my own career. I can tell you it is really an issue trying to figure out how to sort out health care. And if that were lifted off of us, uh, I think we would have a great country. And a lot of countries that I've visited repeatedly have what Republicans like to call socialized medicine. And you know what? The people go to work every day, and they're happy, and they're free. They uh, they have opportunities and they, they enjoy we have life. Somebody, uh, so, we have somebody calling in. Uh, thank you for calling the Rory Sauter Show. Who am I speaking with? Hey, it's Angel. Hey, Angel. How you doing, man? Good to have you on. Um, Good. 
But, but go, 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 Angel from Seattle, everybody. Um, pleasure to have you on, buddy. Uh, but Devin, continue, pleasure continue to be on. Yeah, great to have you, man. Um, Devin, continue what you were saying, though, real quick. Well, I, I think I was done, but I was just saying that you know that I concluded with the idea that having visited countries where they have a socialized system, as you'd call it, where a nationalized program. And uh, the people are happy and healthy. Not that it's, everything's perfect, but you know they're happy and healthy. They, the, the world didn't end when Britain or Sweden or Canada nationalized the healthcare programs. But they have, you know massive, They have much smaller populations as well. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, that's but they, difference. you know, because we yeah, have a larger pa- so population, much- we have a larger tax base. We, it, the, the, it's a, it's a fair sample. It's a fair sample when you put eighty-six million people in. In, yeah, in, but the uh, government uh, who lives and who dies. Devin, I know. Right. Devin, I know I you're mean, a Democrat. De- real quick though, Devin, I know you're a Democrat, and I wanna, I wanna ask you something. Are you? Sure. Are you a leftist? Like, are you? Do you go as far left, or moderate. do you say you're more of a moderate? So, on um, you know, I my my politics are are all over the map. I'm uh, you can't pin me down to one, but but. Uh, you know, when when I was faced with the choice between Bernie and Hillary, I voted for Bernie. And so you'd probably describe but him Bernie's as being communism. Left you voted. You wanted to vote for communism. <laughs> I know Venezuela. In your mind, Venezuela. In your mind, democratic socialism and communism are the same thing. Big but guys. in my mind, they're not. Awesome. Um, so, hey, I wanted to say something. <laughs> right. realize, Go ahead, Johnny. Yeah, I wanted to say, listen, listen, all right, listen, all right, so socialism, we know that it, the original really meaning is community. Socialism, I feel like, only works in small populations. Like, if I was to create a small neighborhood or a small town, and, you know, we have the whole thing where you come and get your free stuff, come and get your free food, that's all well and dandy, but you, we, it messes up the way America is built. Like, I feel like socialism on a large scale doesn't work. I mean, that's what Hitler was about anyway. It was about socialism. I mean, that's what Nazi means, you know. But socialism, yeah, Hitler was a liberal socialist. socialist party, like, weren't they? Yeah, and like so- Hitler was a liberal socialist. Yeah, yeah he, but wasn't he a liberal and, and That's my student? point. <laughs> Who failed and, and like, like <laughs> and, and like that's why I say socialism only works on a smaller scale. It doesn't work in a at a country like ours, you know, especially with a democracy and you know, with freedom of business and things of that nature, it's not like yeah. it's uh, Jesus days, you know, where you could just say, hey, you know, you're hungry, you don't have no job, come over here and eat. Like, it's not like that, you know? So I feel like I understand what you're saying, and I agree with half of what you're saying, but it does not work in America, in my view. If, but if we were to have socialism in a neighborhood basis, maybe that could work, like in a neighborhood or in a small community, yeah. that could work, but and also, I think also in like a small uh, Johnny, I think, whatnot, I think it was Jamestown that uh, had socialism and they were starting, you know. I think that's also part of the history that they tried socialism even in a small community and they all almost starved to death until they started to like care for their own crops, start working on yeah. their fields and, and reaping what so they that, sow, you know. Yeah, I think yeah, that's, that's, that's why I say capitalism. 
you're still confusing socialism and communism, and they're very different things. They're essentially the same thing. What's the difference? Communism the same and socialism is it's like national, you know, for the country. But what's really the difference? You pay a crap ton of taxes. You're, uh, the government has a lot of control, and they get to dictate who lives and who dies. And why? I mean, why right. should we? That, yeah. And why? Why should? Why should taxpayers be responsible for somebody else's life? That's not our. You know, why should taxpayers, hardworking taxpayers, that you know? Because I have, I have many, I have different businesses myself, and you know, I'm, I'm very conservative. Always have been, and I grew up in Seattle, which is very liberal, but uh, I grew up in a conservative yeah. area, a suburb in Seattle. But you know, I, I live in Phoenix, Arizona now. But here's my thing. So I, I know all about the, the, the Democrat, you know, uh, political beliefs because I, I, I grew up around it. But I want I, I do want to, you know, to touch the point where taxpayers, you know, work hard. You know, under Obama, it was one of the, one of the worst tax burdens um, put on, on businesses, put on individuals. Uh, you know, Trump. It cut the corporate tax rate, which brought all these businesses back to America, and new businesses opened for the first time, factories, and start and the economy's booming like never seen before. And you know, I, I just want I want to know that how does because basically you're saying raising taxes, a universal system where everybody's covered under health care. It doesn't work in Canada. Everybody says free health care in Canada. It's not free in Canada. They tax the shit out of you. And you don't even get exactly. Uh, you don't even get the full care in Canada. You get like a a basic uh, consultant uh, walk-in doctor that doesn't do anything for you. Yeah. I know people that live up there. So I mean, it's you know they're really unless you want to go into massive debt. I don't see how universal health care, how anybody's entitled to it. I mean, this is America. I understand there's you know there, there's moral emotions, and then there's you know laws that you have to follow and. The, the, the way the American dream in America works and, you know, uh, people are only responsible for themselves. I mean, how can, you know, so, it's, it, it's, it's one more, one now, quick let me thing. Just, let me just ask you this question. Let me, let, let me put this hypothetical to you for a moment. Let's just say you yeah. got cancer and it took you yeah. three years of treatment. And during that time you lost all of your income, spent your money and got off of health care. So now you don't have health uh-huh. insurance. Your cancer comes back and it's going to be, Four million dollars to treat you. Now I don't know. I I don't want why to judge. Somebody, but I'm going to guess four million dollars is a hardship. Why should somebody be responsible for? Yeah, but why should somebody be responsible for me? I don't. I don't. I'm not entitled. I don't expect anything. I mean, I'm responsible for my own life, just like everybody else. And when you bring entitlement into this country, it creates uh, a movement of people think they're owed all this stuff, and that's what causes all these protests and all these whiny. A crybaby snowflakes. I mean, it, it, it's it's one of those things where you have to. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care how big of a heart someone has. I don't care how much compassion they have. I don't care. I, I it, at the end of the day, in this country, people are only looking out for themselves and their family. That's it. Hey, yes, hey, they look, have friends. Hey, I got, yes, they I, care I got, about. I want to get my input on this. I want to. I want to get my input on this. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, so I think. If if that was the case, like you, your cancer came back and you didn't have health insurance and whatnot, I guess that this is where like like 
you ask people for support. You ask your people in your church for support, your family. Yeah. You know, you start GoFundMe. This is the age of Not the, the government. government. Like, people have, people have raised so much money for exactly those type of situations yep. and met yep. their goal. I mean, a person yep. who accepts defeat will be defeated, but someone who is yep. resilient will keep going at it and keep finding ways. And when people see that, they'll want to help them out in whatever way they can. I mean, the, the thing is with socialism, you know, and socialized healthcare is it's taken by force. No one likes being <laughs> told what to do or having their money right. taken away. You know, right. I, I agree the government does have legitimate roles, and that's why our founders wanted a limited government, right? Read Zelensky's playbook. De- Devin, you need hey, to yeah. read Zelensky's playbook. Hey, Rory. Yes. Hey. Hello. Are you in guys? Yeah, Angel, go Angel, ahead. Keep you. going. That's what you think. Thank you. Yeah. As you were saying. Yeah. Devin, are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, Devin, what about Zelensky's playbook? Have you ever read it? The what? Saul Alinsky. What what, uh, playbook? Have you ever read Saul Alinsky? No. Solo, do you want to talk about it a little bit? Mm-hmm. Uh, I well, actually, I wanted to. Yo, what is that? I was going to say. Actually, I wanted to yeah, ask him something. a question when we were talking before. Go ahead. All right. So, Devin, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. So, remember when you were saying that um, America is. Uh, Led mostly by white men. Remember, you were said we were talking before. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I'm just curious. What what percentage of America is white? Uh oh. It's a it's over fifty percent. Yeah, it's like sixty something, right? Yeah. Okay. So I am assuming when you were saying that you were implying that that's like a bad thing or something, right? I mean, why, you know, why else would you why else would people be upset about white people in power? It must be a bad thing, right? Yeah. Um okay, so my question yeah, to I, you I, is I don't think it's bad for uh, a white person to have power or influence or some white people to have power or influence. But I do worry that uh, white men are overrepresented in power. <laughs> okay, and so, so let me – I'm Hispanic. I'm Hispanic, right? My parents are from that – Wait, 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 wait. Uh, <laughs> and I don't think that's a bad thing. That's, what's so wrong about that? If they're good-hearted Americans and their hearts are in the right places, what, what, why does the color on their skin make a difference, you know? That's a great point. That's a great point. But there's a lot of good data that suggests white people are the enemy. Hold on. I want to hear white people are the enemy. Wait, wait, hold on. Let him answer the question, guys. I think the the issue is that there's great evidence to suggest that when a group of white men make a decision without input (laughs) from others, different perspectives, that their decision making isn't as good. Uh, well, then, you can see 10 great well. white men if, they're, if you don't have uh, the perspective of others, some women, some Hispanics, some African-Americans, you're not going to get the same conclusion. 
Okay, so let me that's, continue. That's this. any group of people, though. I mean, that's just for anyone. I mean, it. Hold on, man. I was a bunch of men. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish yourself. All right. So my question to you is all these white men are in power. So do you think white people vote just based on race, or do you think it's for policy? I'm just curious. And then I have one more question. Oh, I think uh, I trust the vast majority of people in office, regardless of their – their gender or ethnic background come to power, come to their position of influence with a, a singular goal to do what's right. I truly believe that. I believe that of Republicans. I believe that of Democrats. Uh, I think that is a, a, a nearly universal thing. Are there exceptions we could find? Yes, but the vast majority of people okay. come to power and desire to do what's right. All right, fair enough. Let me just have one more point. So, so if whites are over 60% of the percentage, uh, the majority in America, you think we should be led by, what, more black people, more Spanish people? And my other point would be this. When you say most people are voting out of, you know, you know their good intentions, I actually disagree with that. I think when Barack Obama was elected president, I think he was voted Barack not because of policies. He was voted in because he was black. 98% of black people voted for Barack Obama. They looked at his skin color. They looked at True. his skin color and he voted for him. Yet, do you agree he was with raised that? by a white mom and white grandma. His dad disappeared. Never knew his dad. No, it's actually dead. Isn't his dad, um, what's that communist's name? Forget. But, um, what, um, go, go ahead, though. Zola, you were saying, sorry. No, no, I was just saying that he's, that, that Devin is saying America, that, that minorities, I guess, are, are, are worried. And maybe if there's so many white men, they're not giving the best yeah. interest to other, to other groups of people. But I'm saying whites yeah. are still the majority in this country. So do yeah. you really expect the government to be full of different, uh, you know, of, of 80% blacks? I mean, I'm just saying no. the majority. No, and I didn't suggest, I didn't suggest well, that they oh, should I, be. Personally, my suggestion personally, was very specifically, I, my suggestion was very specifically that, that the halls of power in every organization, whether we're talking about corporate boards, Congress, uh, or a nonprofit board, every board should be uh, more or less reflective of the population it serves. And uh, so that would not be 80% African Americans in Congress. I don't think that, I don't see that as a problem per se. But no, my suggestion does not mean that we should have 80% African Americans in Congress. But uh, I think in Congress right now we have something like uh, 15 or 20% women, and half the population are women. I think we should probably have more women in Congress. Okay. 13, 13% of the population is black. How many how many congressmen should we have that are black in a 13% black country? <laughs> this is great. Hold, yeah, up, so hold, 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 hold up. From a minority person, I'm going to pull out my race card. You know, I never do this, but I've always wanted to do it. I, <laughs> I, I, I want to say this right now, all right? 
I do not care for a person's skin color if they're a man or a woman. I do not care. Exactly. What I care about is their morals. What if they're a chick with a dick? I, I want no. people to. Franny, I want Franny people in office who are principled and stick to the Constitution. That's who I want. Yeah. If there's a black guy who's going to support the Constitution, I'm going to vote for him. If there's if there's an Asian woman who supports the Constitution, I'm going to support her. If there's a white, right. straight Christian male who supports the Constitution, I will support them. No, no, I know, but I'm asking Devin. I don't like how we have to pick and choose from a subgroup of people when we should really be talking about, like, who is principled and moral to, and who is worthy of leading us. You got you guys, I need to we need to ask Devin I need to ask Devin a bunch of things so Yeah like, real, we we got we got like twenty five minutes but I got a bunch of things to ask Devin. So let me move on to a topic that really is gonna start triggering people, which is good. Um <laughs> illegal illegal aliens, Devin. How do you feel about New Jersey uh just allow the uh <laughs> And uh, Mike Zolo lives there as my co-host. The governor of New Jersey is now allowing uh, illegals uh, to get state financial aid from taxpayer funds. And I also want to know your thoughts on uh, Libby Schaaf from Oakland harboring illegals, especially some of them were sexual predators, and even some of them were gang members. Okay, so the, the latter situation I don't know anything about, and I would need to know those particulars to comment on that. But on the former situation, I think there's a principle at work here. I don't know the details. Of what of what the former Jersey situation? Club. Describe. Which one are you talking about? The, the former situation, the one is the, the first one you talked about is in New Jersey. So in New Jersey, okay. the, the okay. principle of using state resources to, to provide services to people who are here without proper documentation does not bother me. So, so I, I'm comfortable using state resources to, to help people who didn't follow the procedures to get here correctly to make sure that they are safe and healthy and educated and Oh, while beautiful. we sort out their uh, <laughs> their presence in the country, because the last thing we want to do is force them into a life of crime. And if we won't so educate you, them, we won't help them in any way. They're forced into a life of crime, and we, you know, we can't complain about their choices uh, after they come if if we don't give them opportunity. We've got to give them. Opportunity. Well, what about let me, let me, Hold on. I, I live in New Jersey. <laughs> I have to take this. I live in hey, New Jersey. I have to take this. Okay, go ahead, Devin. Solo. Devin, uh, you sound like a nice guy. You sound like you have a big heart. I guess you have a bigger heart than me. Let me tell you something. These are illegal aliens, and each one of them should be deported immediately. They do not deserve anything, and I'm not joking around here. These are illegal aliens. Where in America? Where have I? Where, am I living in a nightmare? That no. I have a, I have, we have homeless veterans. How can we call ourselves good Christian people? And, okay, I'll answer and that right now. Otherwise, I'll answer that right now. They're not I'll illegal aliens. Right they're not aliens. Okay. <laughs> no, they're illegal they're immigrants. aliens. They're immigrants who didn't, didn't follow the, fill out the right paperwork. Are they, are they, are they, are they, I feel like, I feel like no, there's no, 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 on this. Liberal. No, that's I think liberal a, bullshit. I think there's a compromise where everyone can win on this. I think that uh, if they're already here in this country, you know, 
we can't deport everyone. That's not realistic, all right? Let's see. Why is that not realistic? Hold on. Why is that not realistic? No, hold on. Let me see. <laughs> Do we want to? Yes. Yes. We should not be supporting Wait, them, who you know? am I talking but, to? Who is this? This is Angel, dude, all right? <laughs> All right, dude, I don't know who you are, but I'm telling you right now that it is realistic to deport all illegal aliens. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. Look, Explain it's to me. Look, okay, Devin, Devin, you're going to sit on the <laughs> sidelines for a minute while I talk to Angel. Angel, explain yeah, to me. Okay, but let me finish my statement, all right? Let me no, 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 no. I'm going to answer you a question. question. Look, Angel, look, look. Angel. I'm on your side. I'm just about everything. Just hear me Who's out. Who's laughing? You're on my side. You just said it's unrealistic <laughs> to deport illegal aliens. Look. I'm telling, dude, I'm literally saying, like, we should not be, like, supporting them, you know? I don't want my tax dollars going to illegal aliens, especially because some of them are criminals. But here's the point, all right? If no, no, no. Actually, actually kids, by definition, oh, they're all criminals because they entered a country illegally. Okay, but what about children who didn't have a choice? I'm sorry, like, man. The point, the I'm point sorry. of the country. Dude, no. So no, you're listen, for DACA. Right? Listen, so you're for DACA. Can you freaking let me finish? Can no, I, because right? you sound like a liberal. Let me fi- I'm a conservative, all right? Yeah, and no, a you're a conservative. Like I said, <laughs> enemy okay, let's I go. I'll let you talk. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. I'm just trying to look, all right? Thank you. If people come here and they're illegal and they, and they came here as children, I think they should be able to uh, enlist in the military, serve the, serve the country, and pledge allegiance to us, do their time, do a four-year contract, and then they'll be given citizenship. I think that's the correct way to do it. Serve your country, and your country will serve you. I mean, that should only be for, like, the kids who come here who didn't have a choice, all right? Now, for okay. the parents, that's something else. Let me respond. All right? Okay. okay. All right. Look, that's fair. Look, maybe, hey, look, just like Devin, you might have a bigger heart than me, all right? Let me tell you something. What about all the kids that came here and it wasn't it was only the fault of their parents. It wasn't the fault of their own. What about those ones that are now 17, 20, 25 that protest our president in our streets and wave Mexican flags? What about them, Angel? Should they get to stay because they were they were brought here, you know, as little toddlers? Should they get to stay when they wave a friggin Mexican flag and call our president Hitler? Yes or no? What does the First Amendment to our Constitution say about protesting the oh, government? Oh, and now the now the Constitution is for illegal aliens. Mike, Mike, for the record, the Constitution is for Americans. Mike, all right. But here's the thing: if we, Mike, dude, you're, oh my gosh, no, go ahead, go ahead, finish your, finish your thought. I want, I want to hear everything you have to say before I respond. Okay, no, no, no. It's just it's a simple thing, man. Look, I'm a law and order guy. Look, you want to call me far right? You want to call me, you know, uh, you know, extremist? You want to call me a Nazi? I don't care. At the end of the day, I don't think you are. I don't think you are. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. At the end of the day, Angel, Mike, Mike, Zolo, Angel's a Trump supporter, bro. Yeah, but, but what does that mean, Rory? That I have to agree with him on every fucking thing? No, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying he's. Not, I'm just saying he's a Trump supporter. I was just throwing that in there. Okay, all right. Well, all I'm saying is he agrees with DACA. I don't. Right. I don't. I don't either. I don't agree with DACA. Well, I never that's have. The I mean, of our country. Every, that's the beauty of our country. Every, we can disagree on things and we can talk about things without insulting each right. other. We're not a bunch of liberals. Absolutely. 
<laughs> Absolutely, but okay, I don't well, agree. Not, right, Mike, we have a limited I, I, I amount just think of time. People should, if, go ahead. I just think being uh, Dude, I think getting be interrupted this whole fucking show, so don't even start that shit with me. What? I, I just think people. I think I just think if you should serve your country, and then you can have a path of citizenship. I mean, I myself am in the military, and when I served, it it, it was a pain in the butt. I'm not gonna lie. You know, every serviceman will tell you that. But you yeah. really grow to learn to love your country. I mean, it's one thing to be an American, be being born yeah. into America. It's another thing to fight for it and defend it and learn the soldier's right. creed and, right. and salute the flag. You know, yeah. that flag means a lot to me because I served. And I think those those kids who, if they serve, will become more patriotic and will learn to become more constitutionalist. I think that will be a great win for us. I mean, instead of these kids becoming Democrats and liberals, let's give them something. Hey, join the military, you know, and uh, we'll give you citizenship. And in the process, they become patriots. I mean, you know... <laughs> You guys, we got to move on with topics because we got, we got about 15 minutes, but I want to ask Devin more things and I want everybody to talk. Um, I just want to announce some things real quick that are really cool. Um, the, the, big so- the main soccer team in Jerusalem renamed their team after Trump. So they basically wow. are a soccer team in Jerusalem. Yeah, and that's something incredible. And Jerusalem is putting Trump on their currency. So that is something that has never been uh, – I mean, that's unbelievable. You know, uh, it's well, historic. That's interesting. And we, ha- and, and we have a new new poll out that basically show midterms, uh, you know, within the Republicans within three points, and that's within the margin of error. So it's basically a tie. Uh, Democrats were leading double digits a couple weeks ago, and this is, was a CNN poll. So a CNN poll shows basically a tie. So you know it's uh, uh, the Republicans are leading by a lot by are leading by you know, a significant amount because CNN is always biased and asks Democrats mostly uh, on their polls. Um, I, I do want to uh, say that the NAFTA negotiations are likely to miss the deadline. Uh, NAFTA is, is the worst deal perhaps ever negotiated in the history of politics. Um, you know, and it looks like it's not going uh, to be. Um, you know, renegotiated. Perhaps Trump, Trump said he may look into it, but it's the deadline is about to. Looks like it's going to miss the deadline. So uh, Trudeau and uh, the president of Mexico are going to uh, have to, um, you know, re uh, renegotiate with Trump. Um, I want to announce what else is another thing. Um, it's been one year uh, anniversary today since Robert Mueller open the uh, fake Russia investigation, still no evidence, sufficient evidence, all, uh, you know, uh, anonymous sources, um, no facts. Basically, it's people uh, writing, you know, like fiction, journalism, you know, journalism is dead. You know, there's very, it's sad, all the fake news that is out there. and, you know, it, it's Robert Mueller has now wasted millions and millions of dollars of taxpayers' money. And uh, it's, a witch, a witch, it's a witch hunt. How else do you describe it? You don't have anything there. And now that they didn't find anything with Russia, they go on to personal life with Stormy Daniels, which absolutely disgraceful. He, didn't, he did not pay with any campaign money, so it's not a violation. 
if it came out of his own pocket, that's his own personal business. You know how often in life uh, personal clients pay lawyers uh, to pay people off? Happens every fucking day. So, you know, it's it's uh, the, the way – it's a witch hunt. It's a total witch hunt. And, and Devin, I'm, I'm going to get your thoughts on this in a second. Um, you know, uh, I also, Devin, I want to – real actually, real quick, I want to announce Stormy Daniels, everybody, was accused – of covering up sexual assault on multiple porn sets that she was directing uh, in the a few years ago. There's people coming out saying Stormy Daniels, uh, you know, is a fly is a slime ball, which isn't surprising. I mean, the the woman goes to strip clubs and takes off her clothes for money, uh, and all these appearances and all this stuff, and gets cum on her face, and you know, does porn. Uh, but she wants to be taken seriously in the in the media. Uh, it's 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 you know it's it's hard to take somebody seriously that gets triple teamed and you know uh you know it's all you know gang bang you know you know the, the you know the home invasion you know all the porn scenarios not you know the, yeah. you know it's just a, it's a very very dirty thing but uh you know there's just a, there's a lot of things going on right now um uh i, I want to i really want to ask in particular though uh devin do you give props to president trump for making peace with north korea you're a Democrat. I want to hear your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The uh, obviously the the process there is not done, but if the you know the Koreas are still at war, we are still at war with North Korea. If yeah. if we sign a peace treaty with North Korea yeah. and it involves the denuclearization of North Korea, yeah. which is the path well, the, we're on, Kim right? Jong Un just announced today that if he would invite the media. To- Kim Jong-un announced today that he would invite everyone to watch the denuclearization. Yeah. So if that happens, he's a hero. There's no question about it. Would you give him the Nobel Peace Prize? You're a Democrat. Would you give him the Nobel Peace Prize? Um, he would deserve it uh, for that. Uh, I think most of my oh, liberal you. friends would, would yeah. question whether he deserves it net-net given some of his other behavior. But Obama got it for doing nothing, for being black, basically. That's what, you know, that's what the, that's what it pretty much was. Obama won a Nobel Peace Prize for being the first African-American elected president. And, well, and so beautiful. You know, mostly white, but, um, you know, yeah. I mean, it, 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 you know, for doing nothing. I mean, it, it, it just goes to show that, you know, what what does winning the Nobel Peace Prize really mean anymore? Like, is, does it even, uh, you know, it's kind of a, um, it's, it's 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 just a, it makes me look at Hollywood and winning an Oscar and all the corruption and, and disgusting slobs in Hollywood and how leftist and liberal it is and how it's uh, basically, uh, you know, it's it, there's nothing really sentimental about it. I, I don't know. And even Trump said, you know, the prize is peace. The prize, you know. He doesn't even care about no damn Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, he'll obviously win it, but, you know, and, and what do you think about no Democrat showing up to the Jerusalem embassy, uh, Devin? Well, I think I think Democrats are concerned about the, uh, the decision. I, I think it's, you know, we talked about that this morning uh, or earlier. It feels like this morning. Uh, you guys have been yeah. yelling at me for an hour now, but um, it's been – but I think you know they have legitimate concerns uh, about this. You're what actually kind of a reasonable Democrat. 
specify. What, what did you want me to justify you now? No, real quick, Devin, real quick. Go ahead. What do you think about 98% of ISIS being wiped out under President Trump? He's wiped out 98% of ISIS. He got rid of leaders last week, including the Islamic State leader, Baghdadi's top aide, uh, among five of the key jihads that were captured. I mean, do you give him credit for all of the uh, busting the terror? Yeah, I I think – I'm not an expert on that. Uh, certainly, he's continued the war on terror that uh, Obama was leading. It made great progress. Uh, n- nothing to criticize there. Right. And, you know, Trump just won uh, his America First uh, agenda with um, the United Arab uh, uh, Emirates. Uh, he, you know, so he just won a trade war with them. And uh, he's about to win another one with China. And you see all these deals he's closing. And everybody said, you're never going to do that, Trump. Everybody counts him out. And then he just proves everybody wrong. I mean, I know you're a Democrat. You probably don't agree. But, um, are, you know, it's um, – I mean, you see with your eyes. I mean, you, you know, you, it, it's, um, it, it, it's impressive, everything he's doing. I mean, can you say that as a Democrat or are you not impressed? No, uh, I, I think I have a different view of him than you do. I certainly would would give him, you know, big kudos for North Korea. Um, I, I'm not going to complain about uh, the way he has uh, continued the war on terror. Um, I think, uh, you know, he's been reasonable about that. I think he was it was the right thing to bomb Syria when they uh, uh, used chemical weapons on their own people. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't believe that the Mueller um, investigation is a witch hunt. I think they're Uh-oh. there, there, and uh, and so so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens yeah, look, there. Okay, but go ahead, Jonathan Mueller. Out of the Mueller investigation, I think there have been on the order of forty indictments. Uh, yeah, there's go, go. real criminal activity that has been identified there. Nothing to do with Trump, though. Yeah, he, see, yeah, well, that's my thing. All of it I has to say, do with Trump, hey. either directly or indirectly. And uh, you know, you're wrong. If it, though. Has, if it has to do with Trump, Jr., it has to do with the meeting with the Russians back in Devin, June you're of 2016. Here's my Devin. Hey, Roy. Devin. What about hey Devin? No, Devin. Real quick, everybody. Let me ask Devin a question. What about the 20 percent uranium? that Hillary sold the Russians. Don't you think Vladimir Putin would have wanted more favors from his little friend Hillary? I, I think so. Putin and, and Trump are not friends right now. They fucking hate each other, and they, they never really liked each other. And this whole uh, theory and uh, fake uh, narrative that uh, Trump and Russia are buddies, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fabrication, it's a lie, and it's like a, it's like a fictional story, all the stuff I'm reading in the, in the, uh, on these CNN and MSNBC and all the you know all the news uh, sources that you so follow. You yeah, say I, it's a lie because you've read stories on Fox that contradict. No, what I don't read. On other, I read a lot of different places. Yeah, so I, I would just say that you know I I What's read the New York Fox? Times, and I read the Wall What's Street Journal, and I read the Washington you, Post. You know, you know, you know what's funny? You know what's funny though? You know, real quick, real quick, then you guys can respond. Devin, 
if they had anything on Trump, and they w- it would have come out by now. It would have came out before the election. They were, they're terrified, everyone, of having him in that office, especially the Democrats in the deep state. They don't want him, uh, you know, unfiltered. You know, they don't want him being in there, you know, uh, having his own agenda. Here's the thing. They're, they had no evidence. They are so desperate that they had to go to Stormy Daniels. And we all know that he did not pay with campaign funds, so there's no violation. So, I mean, when you have to go outside into somebody's personal life, that's desperation mode. But go ahead, guys. Speak. Hey, yeah, I was going to say, here, okay, I got two things, uh, Devin. So, number one, yes, I believe, me personally, I believe that Russia was, you know, into our democracy. You know, they were messing around and hacking things. Of course. I mean, you know, the government. We got two and, and a half minutes. Yeah, the Congress has, has approved that, yes. But I don't believe Trump had anything to do with it, anything. Was was he careless? Was it was, did they the Trump administration act very careless and unprofessional in certain things like uh Don Trump taking the, the meeting? Sure, yeah. Number two, why would Trump do what he did to Syria if he knew that was gonna break the relationship with Putin? Exactly. I mean and, and that's my whole point. Like he would not do that. He would try to make sure he has him for the twenty twenty election, which he's totally Saying Putin, you're not you're you're my bitch. Like I'm gonna do what I want to do. You're not gonna make me do what I want to do. So, if okay. that's the case, why don't he try to strengthen that relationship? That's my point. Right. So we got two minutes now. J- uh, Zolo, go. Zolo, we got two minutes. Go. Zolo. No, no, no. I'm good. I want to hear. I want to hear Devin's response. Okay, go ahead, Devin. We got we got about a minute and a half left, unless Angel wants to respond. Yeah. So. You know, I think the this is an exact this is a perfect example of the problem we have in America today that we can no longer agree on facts. And that is I think it's the biggest fact. problem. And fact. and I will I will you? admit I will admit to uh struggling with the problem too. But we're in a situation where the president of the United States calls every news story he doesn't like fake news. And uh, that just can't be the case, right? Some, but it's been proven to be fake news. None of it's been proven to be – none of the news, none of the news that, that, that he's calling it fake news because none of it has ever been proven or real or sufficient. Bottom line, of course period. It of course it has. The vast majority no, of everything he's ever said man. was. God, I cut him off. I'm, I'm done with him. He's gone. Bye, Devin. Good having you on, bud. Everybody, thank you for coming on. I'm going to have you guys back on tomorrow. Gianni, Mike Zolo, Angel, thank you. Yeah. We got, time, ten, we got 10 seconds, so I got, we got 10 seconds, so I got to run. All right, guys. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. I want to thank you all for listening to the Rory Sauter Show. It's been a real pleasure hosting you all. Be sure to visit RorySauter.tv. Be sure to visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com. Be sure to visit MakingChristianityGreatAgain.com. And I will be coming out with my new news media outlet this week, TheNextGenUSA.com. Be ready, everybody. It's going to be very exciting. We are going to have a huge show tomorrow night. I didn't get to a lot of the stuff I was going to get to um, tonight, but I will get to that tomorrow. 
uh, say our deepest prayers for Melania Trump, who was hospitalized for a kidney surgery. She's recovering well, so God bless her. Um, I hope everyone has a good night. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'm Rory Sodder. Cheers, everybody.